0: Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is George Scott, the Editor-in-Chief of Bike Radar, and today I'm joined by Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor for all things mountain biking in the blistering Californian sun. Tom, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, nicely uh, crisped under the sun. Uh, I think my neck will not be thanking me (laughs) for the amount of UV rays it's been receiving the past few days. But I'm very happy for having had them because it's felt like a long, dark winter back in the UK.
0: It has. We've been at the Seattle Classic in California for three days now, so done the classic Brits aboard thing and got ourselves sunburnt.
1: Sunburnt and consumed far too many calories at breakfast every day.
0: So Tom, we're overlooking the show now. Do you want to set the scene for our listeners before we get going?
1: Yeah, we're at Laguna Seca, which is one of America's most famous uh, car racing tracks. And in the middle of the bowl is a huge area of tents with hundreds of brands, i of thought are here, um, all with their flags. Um, all showing their latest and greatest wares. Outside of that, a huge number of RVs and big trucks and all sorts of stuff, uh, which is quite fun if you're into your cars and vehicles. And on the hills all around, um, are lots of tracks. There's downhill tracks, dual salem, there's gravel racing, road racing, mountain bike racing, cross country racing, downhill, everything is here. And the whole place is teeming with people on bikes. It's a, it's a really cool place, cool place to be.
0: It is. It's a beautiful scene here we've got the rolling hills in the background we've seen and touched lots of bikes this week but we haven't swung a leg over a bike but we've committed that if we come back next year we will do some riding because it looks like a, a great spot for it. it certainly does well let's get on to it we ran a podcast last week on some of our tech highlights from day one at the show we've been here a bit longer now so we're going to focus on new bikes for this podcast we're going to cover Proof, decathlon with the van Rissel brand pole vitus yeti and carbon, that's carbon with a K. So Tom, do you want to get us started with the Nukeproof downhill bike? Uh, yep, so Nukeproof have
1: had the Dissector carbon, uh, alloy downhill bike for a little while, uh, and it's been raced to pretty high success, um, the likes of Crankworks, Hardline, and in the World Cup downhill, um, and they've just released a carbon version of the bike. It's a very highly adjustable World Cup spec downhill race bike, and the guys at proof seem to have done a really good job of it, basically. Um I guess what's interesting is just the amount of adjustability that's on that bike. So you've got everything from chainstay adjustments. I think there's three positions for your chainstays, and there is headset cups. So three different reach lengths in there. You can run it mullet or 29, of course, because it is 2023, and no downhill bike can be released without dual wheel size capabilities. Um, but the thing that I really uh, liked was the progressive how you can change the progressivity, is that a word, Um, of the rear suspension. Um, So there's three different settings between, I think it's 22%, 25% and 28%. They don't quite quote me on that.
0: But- I can quote you on it. I can, you can, because I have written about it. You have written about it. I should say, actually, we have got uh, all of the coverage of this on Bikeradar.com. So you can read about each of the bikes. And to quote you, Tom, There's the ability to alter the progression of the rear suspension between 21, 25, and 28%. Is that what you said? I said 22 to 27, so I was 1% out at either end. You were close enough. That was close. Um, But what I really liked is
1: that there's like a little switch on the main pivot of the rear suspension, Um, and you drag this little lever from sort of the top of the pivot down to the bottom of the pivot, and that physically moves the pivot point within, I guess, on a cam. Um, So you can change it between two of those three settings just on the side of the trail if you really want to. And obviously, to get into the third one, you'll have to do a bit more spannering with an Allen key. But yeah, it's a super adjustable, um, really good value being nuke-proof, uh, World Cup-spec downhill carbon mountain bike. And I reckon with the likes of Sam Hill racing it, it could be quite an exciting year. So this is the nuke-proof
0: Descent Carbon, but when can we expect to buy it?
1: Uh, I believe you can pre-order it now. or You can order it now, it's on their website.
0: There you go. we've covered quite a few bikes from this show that are either prototypes or soon to be released but this is one that's available now it is great well let's move on to decathlon or the van Rissel brand in particular now decathlon is a, a huge retailer in in europe sells all sorts of outdoor wares, and uh it has two main bike brands the b-twin brand which is typically focused on entry-level bikes and then the van Rissel brand focused on the more premium end of the market to set the scene here a little bit decathlon is making a big push into the us and it has completely relaunched its range of road and gravel bikes here at Sea Otter. So I'm gonna quickly talk through a few of the highlights. There's the RCR, an Aero road bike. There's the FCR, which isn't actually here at the show, but is worth briefly talking about. And then there is the gravel, that's G-R-V-L because no one needs vowels in gravel. GCR, a carbon gravel race bike, and the NCR, a carbon endurance road bike. So a bit to cover with Van Vriesel, so better get cracking. So the RCR is effectively uh, Van Reis with new aero road bike. It's designed in conjunction with On Aero, which is a French aerospace company. In terms of the frame shape, it's, it's it's a broadly familiar frame shape, as we see with a lot of aero road bikes these days. So I think truncated tubes, drop seat stays, a real world well cutaway, aero seat post, internal cable routing. Interestingly, it does have clearance for 33 c tires, I think. Yeah, 33 seat tires and it comes spec with 28. So very modern and progressive in terms of tire clearance. And on the model on show, at Sea Otter, which has a SRAM Force, ETAP, Axis groupset, there's a two-piece cockpit up front to keep things adjustable and relatively sensible in terms of the routing. With a DEDA stem that's been designed between Van Ryssel and DEDA with the with the cables running underneath the stem and then into the headset. This one costs six thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars in the US. We're in the US and around €4,700 in Europe with UK pricing to be confirmed. So a premium bike, but certainly competitive pricing as we've come to expect from any product from Decathlon Before I move on from this one, it's worth saying that there will be a World Tour-ready RCR coming in 2024 that we've heard from Decathlon that was also on show here at the Seattle Classic. Now this one is World Tour-ready because Decathlon have signed up a team to ride Van Ryssel bikes in 2024. That's the latest news. Well, they're certainly close to doing so. Now they've remained very tight-lipped as to who that team is or what that team is. The rumors online, and I should say these are rumors, certainly not confirmed pointing to AG2R Citroen. That relationship will make sense as a French brand and a French team but we will watch that uh watch that news develop over over the rest of the year but this frame it shares the same frame shape as the RCR consumer version that we've seen here at Sea Otter however Van Ryssel uh, or the representatives here at the show say that they boosted head tube stiffness to make it slightly more aggressive for World Tour Racing uh and that has a a, a marginal effect on frame weight although broadly similar in terms of frame weight which is 810 grams so really impressive for a disc-ready aero road bike Uh, and this one with a Shimano Dura-Ace Di2 group set comes in at 6.8 kilograms compared to 7.2 kilograms for the Force Axis machine so very competitive in terms of weight as well as having those aero tube shapes. Continuing with Van Ryssel there's the FCR now this is one that wasn't on show at the Sea Classic, but it is a bike that we spotted on Van Ryssel's Instagram account earlier this week. So we have asked them about it out here in California. It's another aero road bike, but there are subtle differences to the RCR in terms of the frame shape. There's uh, an integrated fork crown. The seat tube is straight rather than having a cutaway. And there's some additional shaping around the top of the seat stays. So some subtle differences. However, Van Ryssel were very uh, open and honest about this bike when I spoke to them about it at the show and there are very few concessions to comfort. So this is a bike designed essentially for short, fast, hard efforts or criterium racing compared to the RCR, which is a little bit of more of an all-rounder with that low weight, that uh, the aerodynamic tube profiles, and I assume a little bit more comfort built into the frame. So that's the bike that will be ridden over stage races and the FCR, as I said, is is very much pitched for those short, fast efforts. Uh, No US pricing for this one, but the bike that we've seen, this is the FCR on Decathlon UK's website, costs 3,599 pounds with Shimano Ortegra Di2. So a really, really good price on that bike. Moving on, let's, uh, let's have another road bike from Decathlon. And this is the new Van Ryssel NCR. So this one is pitched as the entry point into the premium Van Ryssel range. It's a carbon road bike with endurance geometry so expect a, a slightly more relaxed, upright position than the RCR. And it's got generous tire clearance to up to 35 C. So it's starting to blur the lines between endurance road and, and all road van rice was kept things pretty straightforward here there's a round seat post there's a two-piece handlebar and stem there's exposed cables so all components that are are super easy to upgrade or change or maintain at home which is no bad thing on a bike like this and and the the point of the market at which this is aimed in terms of pricing the bike on show at seota had a shimano tiagra group set mavic wheels and hutchinson fusion 5 tubeless tires for $2,499 with UK and EU prices to be confirmed. Finally, before I hand back to Tom, and I'm going to lose my voice if I continue with too many more Van Ryssel bikes, there is a new carbon gravel race bike. This is the GRVL GCR. Uh, it's a race-focused gravel bike, so this isn't your gravel bike aimed at long, big adventures or um, strapping loads of bags too. There's no mudguard mounts, there's no rack mounts. As I say, very race-focused, has clearance for, 42 millimeter tires, yeah, 42 millimeter tires. And yeah, really clean looking, aggressive gravel frame, carbon frame, uh, does have UCI approval if that means anything on the gravel scene. And the one on the show is equipped with a SRAM rival ETAP Access group set for $5,699. So lots coming from Van Ryssel. These bikes are due to be available in the next month or two depending on the model across UK, uh, the EU and uh, Before I finish there, actually, it's worth pointing out that these bikes are sold in Tecaflon in the EU and uh, UK. Here in the US, Tecaflon or Van Rijssel is establishing a uh, a retailer network, so a different model to how the bikes are sold in in the UK and Europe, but uh, impressive pricing nonetheless.
1: My question for all gravel bikes at uh, Seattle this year is, do they have any suspension ones?
0: That's a good point. I don't think I have seen, I haven't seen many suspension gravel bikes. I think it's fair to say that this show definitely leans more heavily towards the mountain bike side of things and then gravel and, and there's less in terms of road bikes here and yeah, I don't know maybe that's a reflection of how things are panning out in the US compared to the UK and Europe where there does seem to be a bit more of the, the squishy gravel.
1: Yeah yeah a lot of the you know the brands like Newt Proof obviously have just released that downhill bike they've got their Digger gravel bike comes with a, a Rudy suspension fork I'm seeing a few of them around here but um yeah, it's always my, my question for the gravel brands because I think it's good. You're
0: a suspension man through uh, and through.
1: Tell me another off road machine that doesn't use suspension. You can't.
0: Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Pol or yes. Pole or Pole? Finnish brand.
1: Pole, yeah. Sadly, I didn't ask Leo, uh, the guy who founded it, the exact pronunciation of his brand. So I do apologise for any Finns out there. It's Pole or Pole? I'm assuming. What should we
0: go for? Tomato or tomato? Let's, let's
1: call it Pole. Go for let's it. Do that. So this is the Poli Oni, um, and it is their first downhill mountain bike. Um, so Poli, if you're not familiar, they're a very innovative brand who use a fairly unique way of manufacturing their frames. Basically, they get two blocks of aluminium. They CNC half, half of their triangle, the front triangle, out of the block of aluminium. They CNC a mirror image of that half out of another one, and they bond them together. They do this for a number, well, for the main reason, I guess, is that they are very pro-aluminium and kind of against carbon from an environmental point of view. Obviously, aluminium is much easier to recycle and reuse, uh, and all the swarf that comes off the CNC machines is just recycled. There's also a, a very uh, established aluminium recycling market in place. Um, and while you can kind of recycle carbon fibre... It's not so easy. There's not much of a commercial market for it at the moment. Uh, and obviously, as soon as you chop those carbon fibers, um, they can no longer be used for bigger items. Um, so they're very pro-aluminium. Uh, Their frames have a very distinct look in a number of ways. One the finish, a CNC finish, um, has lots of little milled lines running up and down the frame tubes, uh, which looks, looks pretty cool, if I'm honest. And from an aesthetic point of view, uh, they, they certainly have a look. Whether you like it or not is, is, is of a different matter, but I don't really think they mind whether you like it or not. Like, their whole point is performance. They have their own unique looking suspension linkage, which they see across a number of their bikes. Um, and this downhill bike looks similar to the Voima e-bike that we have tested on Bike Radar, actually. And um, very similar suspension layout, very similar frame layout. So it's a 200 mil front and rear downhill suspension uh, mountain bike um, made out of aluminium. What's kind of interesting, though, is that uh, Leo, who's the founder, as I said, is running this bike at the Trans Madeira, which is a five-day, very pedally Enduro race. Um, so I don't think it's going kind of to prove a point, but I guess it proves a point that this bike pedals incredibly well. Um, it's got about 100% anti-squat in your regular pedaling gears um, and he's fitted his, you know, it's got boxer on the front, it's got a super deluxe shock in the middle, um, but it's fitted it with a SRAM transmission, so 12 speed instead of the regulars, 7 speed that you'd run if you're running a downhill bike, uh, and he's fitted it with a dropper post. Um, so because it pedals so well, it obviously descends very well, he reckons might as well use it as an enduro bike. So yeah, so it's pretty cool. Oni is uh, named, I think it means luck or something like that in Finnish. And it's actually named after um, a kid who they've just started sponsoring, um, who's racing hopefully World Cups this season, a little Finnish guy. Um, so they kind of built a frame for him, which is quite a nice little story. So yeah, it's a really interesting bike. There are loads more details on bikeradar.com because I wrote about it there. Um, but I thought it was worth pointing out because it's, it's pretty cool.
0: I would, assume, I would assume this isn't a part of the market that I know a huge amount about, being a, a drop bar man myself. But I would assume that this continues Polé's tradition of having quite extreme geometry.
1: Yeah, Polé are one of those brands that really have pushed the long, low and slack. You know, there are a lot of bikes these days that are getting towards or matching the geometry figures in terms of reach or the slackness of the head angle or the steeps in the seat angle. But, you know, they were one of the first. Uh, along with the likes of Mondraker when they first bought out for Geometry. Uh, Geometron, which is obviously Chris Porter's brand based out of the UK, and he's been very prominent in the world of long, low and slack. Um, and yeah, Polo are very similar. They've been around 10 years now. The other interesting thing about this frame, actually, he showed us the um, the first of the downhill frames uh, that they'd made, you know, they would machined. And he said, oh, this you know, is the, the first one we made um, about three weeks ago. Oh, right. Okay. And then um, this is the second one that we made a week later because the cable routing wasn't quite right. Yeah. Pre-orders on the 15th of May in about three weeks time. <laughs> so we're talking like you know, the first one came out of the CNC machine six weeks pretty much before it was going on sale. Um, impressive stuff from Polo.
0: Definitely a brand doing things in their own way. Very much so. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's move on to, to Vitus. Now we did cover the new Vitus e LT electric mountain bike in our first Seattle podcast. So in this episode, we're going to focus on the Vitas Venon Evo. Now, this one will be officially released in May, but it was on show at the uh, the Vita stand in, in California here. It's effectively Vitas' latest take on an endurance road slash all-road bike. Now, before I get into that, Vitas is another brand like Tocathlon stroke Van Ryssel that's venturing into the US, set up in the US in December last year selling direct to consumer. So there's a big presence here at the show where there's Uh, both the trade and the media, but also the public here. So definitely a brand to watch in the US, uh, has been big in the UK and Europe for a number of years now. A lot of pedigree that goes back to the days of Sean Kelly and has been resurrected in recent years. Now the Venon Evo, as I say, is the overhaul of Vitus's endurance road bike. We actually covered this on Bikeradar.com last April when we got hold of a prototype. So this has clearance for 45 c tires. And as I said, it does blur the the line between endurance road and, and gravel. Vitas calls it at all road bike specifically, but this is where I see a lot of the next generation endurance road bikes go in. So geometry that's still capable on the road, but increasing tire clearance for all road or gravel riding. And with that clearance for 45 seat tires, this one definitely starts to, to lean quite heavily towards gravel. A few other details on what is a very smartly finished frame. There are mud guard mounts and a removable, seat, a removable seat stay bridge, so you can fit proper full length guards or, or fenders, as they're known here. Two positions for the bottle cage on the down tube, so you can use the lower position to fit a frame bag. Internal cable routing using FSA's SMR system, that's smart routing, which runs the cables under the stem uh, and still uses a two-piece bar and stem, uh, certainly on the models that I've seen here. So again, similar to the Van Rysel RCR, you still get some um, adjustability in, in terms of fit. There are two builds on show here at Ciotta, which does show the versatility of the bike. There was a SRAM Force Axis gravel build with 40C Mitchin. Michelin Power Gravel Tires, that's $4,899. And a SRAM Rival Axis Road Build with Michelin Power Cup Road Tires in a 28C width for $4,099. So, with that direct to consumer model, very competitive pricing from Vitus and one to watch here in terms of how things go for the US market.
1: Very nice. How do they remove the uh, chainstay bridge? It's a carbon frame, right? Seat state bridge. C-state
0: bridge. Uh, it just bolts in, bolts screws in. in. Nice. Yeah, little allen key jobbing.
1: Yeah, that's quite a cool little feature, I think.
0: It is. There you go, full length mudguard. So yeah, you can, you can run this as a winter bike. Uh, I don't know how much rain they get in the winter here in California. <laughs> None by the looks of it today because it's, it's very dusty out there and the sun's beaten down, but you can run 4 mud mudguards. You could have this in a winter road build, you could have it in a, an all-road build with, say, a 30, 35c tyre, or you could go full gravel. So definitely an interesting bike and one that, whether it's the Venom Evo or, or uh, a different brand, will appeal to a number of riders in terms of having one bike that does offer some versatility across the board. I
1: think as our former uh, employee, uh, Matthew Leverage, would say, it's road-adjacent.
0: Road-adjacent, indeed. Uh, let's move on to a brand that is very much not road adjacent and that is Yeti. There's yes. a few bikes here or two bikes.
1: I mean they have um a, a range of sort of their regular production bikes here and we've just seen the release of the Yeti SB135 I believe and there should be a story on backpedal.com. There is. I think that is a 27.5 inch trail bike which we don't see many of being released these days so kind of interesting so head to the website to see about that. But um they have a uh two bikes that you can't buy. Um and they come under the special projects banner. Um, which basically seems to be if one of their pro riders or maybe some of their engineers have got like a little, a little itch they want to scratch, um, they ask the engineers to knock out a bike for them. Um, and that seems to be the case here with, well, there's got two bikes. They've got a downhill bike and a dirt jump bike. So the downhill bike um, was requested apparently by Richie Rood, um, who might be riding some downhill this year. Great name. It is a great name. He is a stalwart on the EWS, or is it EDR, as it's called now, the Enduro scene. Um, Very successful racer for Yeti, um, but it sounds like he's going to be doing some downhill racing. So they have built him a 205mm travel downhill bike. Now, Yeti's full suspension bikes tend to use their Switch Infinity Link, um, which is where the main pivot is placed on a shuttle that moves up and down during suspension stroke. However, they have not used it on this bike. Uh, instead, they've borrowed the suspension linkage from their E160, which is their uh, longer travel e-bike, um, to give that 205 mm of travel. Um, I don't really know the reasons for doing that. They don't really, haven't really set a huge amount about the bike, but it's basically a high pivot, downhill bike, 205 mil travel, and it looks absolutely delicious. Um, I was very impressed when I saw it on their stand and I thought, that's a bike that, although I never ride downhill, I'd like to ride. I'm gonna
0: ask you, you're a pro rider, and you get paid to ride bikes. You are effectively a pro rider. You had any uh, itch to scratch, and yet he could build you a bike. What would that bike be?
1: So we've got an article coming up on Bike Radar soon, which was if you had any uh, unlimited amount of money, what would you what would you buy? So um, I would like to disappear to uh, a bike park sort of resort for a, for a summer. Maybe head over to the Port de Soleil for a summer and do a season there. Uh, and I would like them to build me a single speed downhill mountain bike or a park bike, high pivot, super supple, uh, super reliable. And then what I'd do is I'd go to Classified, who have got their two-speed rear hub. I would get a wheel built with that two-speed rear hub, uh, and I would get someone to machine me a single-speed sprocket for that wheel, because obviously you have to use their cassette on their hub.
0: Um, So I'd have a two-speed park bike. That's a great answer to a question that I've just thrown on you.
1: Yeah, that's all right. It's, it's fine because Jack Luke um, asked me the same
0: question the other week. We can do that as a podcast. It'll be a fun one. <laughs> will. Uh, let's move on to Yeti's second special projects bike.
1: So um, Reed Boggs is their sort of slope style da- uh, dirt jump rider and they've built him a one-off carbon dirt jump bike um maybe a two off because i believe there's another one of their riders will be riding as well it's very very cool little 26 inch uh dirt jump frame um so super tight rear triangle built in that classic yeti turquoise paint with their head tube badge stamped on the front Um, mzaki z1 dirt jump fork um real slick tires for rolling fast through well-packed dirt jumps um, and adjustable chain stay lengths to, in order to get that chain just right in the terms of its tension. Again, they've given very little information. I didn't manage to chat to anyone from Yeti because their stand was absolutely heaving when I went by, because everyone's really stoked a, to see these cool special project bikes, but also um, their full range of bikes, which, you know, this is it's a US brand. We're in a, sort of one of like the, you know, the most culturally important US cycling uh, events of the year. So it's no surprise that the Yeti stand was, was pretty rammed, but cool bikes.
0: Cool bikes. And yeah, we have done a roundup on all of the new mountain bikes that you've uh, spoken about in this podcast on the site. We'll drop a link to that in the show notes. So do go and check those out for yourselves. One brand that wasn't in that roundup is a new brand that we've spotted here and that is Carbon with a K. So you've just been to see these bikes. What can you tell us?
1: Yep. so Carbon... um... They have a few bikes in their range. They've got a full-powered e-bike, like a long-travel e-bike, with, I think, an 800-odd watt-hour battery. Um, they've also got an Enduro bike, uh, analog or unpowered. Um, but the one that they were really keen to talk about and show us was their Powerline SL, uh, which they claim is the lightest-weight, full-fat e-bike on the market. Is it a full-fat e-bike? That's kind of... The, full-fat or, like, full-power e-bikes is a, is a difficult um, term to sort of define um, it uses a Bafang motor, so much like the Vitus E-Mythique we chatted about earlier, uh, last, well, later last week, um, they're using Bafang motor on there. And this one uh, kicks out 75 Newton meters of torque, which brings it up to that sort of full power categorization. But it is running on a 410 watt-hour battery. So a battery similar to those midway e-bikes, but the power of a full full one, basically. But they're claiming that the bike comes in 18.7 kilograms um, for a 150 mil at the back, 160 mil fort enduro focused e-bike so it certainly impressive numbers comes with a 64 degree head angle 77 degree seat angle 48mm mil reach in a large and 457 chain state so it feels like this is going to be a bike that's going to be pretty stable pretty happy bombing down rough hills and it's going to be released in july you initially in the u.s but hopefully wider
0: so numbers that are definitely towards the top end of um, e-bike power but not your kind of 85 newton meter shimano um, Bosch setups no so um,
1: not quite as punchy as Bosch and Shimano um, but you know still good enough numbers that are gonna get you up some pretty steep technical hills and obviously that lighter weight battery is gonna help keep the weight low which helps range a little bit Um I'd like to find more information about the bike really if I had a bit more time um, but it looks it actually looks really cool as well like they've got a beautiful paint job on there um, and yeah fingers crossed that they'll they'll make some make some waves really looks good
0: so this is kind of your your Coke Zero e-bike sitting beneath your full fat coke and above your diet coke
1: ah uh, it's like your coke uh, coke light remember that when they bought the green cans of coke out which was sort of half
0: sugar half sweet. <laughs> i don't remember that sounds great
1: <laughs> it's kind of like that
0: to leave that analogy there uh <laughs> i apologize for that let's move on what well, do we need to move on Was that it
1: i think that's it from me
0: what a whistle stop tour What was a whistle stop tour see so, yeah, lots of new bikes here at the show alongside just new tech and products across the board We've covered all of these on Bikeradar.com, so do we go and check out the stories uh, on the website and also go back and listen to our first podcast from Seattle if you haven't checked out already. You never know, when we get back to the studio, there might be room for one more, but we'll have to see. We'll see what we can do. Great, well, let's leave it there. Tom, thanks again for joining me. Thank you, George. And thank you for listening to the Bikeradar podcast. Please do review and rate the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps us and helps us jump up the rankings and get other people listening. And do send us an email to podcast at radar.com. If you have a topic to suggest or perhaps an event that you'd like us to get out to because we do we do love getting out and about and if you want to send us back to california then well, well we'll run it by the boss but i'm sure we can make it happen i don't think we'll be saying no great we'll see you there thank you for listening and we'll speak to you next time
1: thanks for listening to the bike Rider podcast if you've not done so already please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode